Hey everyone, welcome back to Agency Hacker. I'm Destine, your co-host of this show. Today we are here with Samuel Watt, the founder and CEO of Watt Advertising. How are you, Samuel? I'm doing really well today. The sun is shining, there's snow on the ground. Really good combo, if you ask me. Wow, that's beautiful. That sounds beautiful. I'm glad you're doing well. Let's get started. What does your agency do and how did you start it? Oh, good question. So what my agency does is we specialize in Google Ads. So we specialize in everything within the Google Ads ecosystem for our clients. Uh, We do a mixture of lead gen and e-commerce. It's mostly on the lead gen side at the moment. And how we got started. Well, I'll back up a bit to to when I first came over to the US. So I came over to the US about three years ago and I was looking to spend a lot more time with some of my entrepreneur friends and my girlfriend at the time as well. And I came over and I spent some time at some entrepreneur conferences and got networked with a lot of people in the online services space. Um, and in the meantime, I'd, I'd come over from Scotland. That's where I'm originally from. And I'd left my businesses over there on the back burner. And so when I was over in the US, I thought, right, I've got some time here. Um, and I don't know exactly what path I'm going to take um, next in my entrepreneurial journey. So what we'll do is we'll just experiment and network and talk to a lot of people. And mm. in the meantime, um, I need to make money somehow while my businesses are not being attended back over in Scotland. So what I did was I packed my suitcase full of as much whiskey as I could possibly pack in there. (laughs) And I sold whiskey for a few weeks when I was over here. And that gave me enough runway um, to get into digital marketing. So very bizarre and unusual story. Um, And what happened over the summer Um, I think it was of 2019. Over that summer, um, I sold just about every bottle of whiskey. Uh, But then there was one bottle left, um, a really good bottle of whiskey. It was an 18-year single malt whiskey from the Isle of Mull. And I didn't sell that bottle of whiskey, actually. Instead, I served it at my wedding because my girlfriend and I decided to get married. And that is why I'm still here. Because, (laughs) hey, we don't want to be apart anymore. Like, let's seal the deal. Let's build a life together. And so that's how I came to be here. Wow. Very unusual start into the industry. Um, But what I'd been doing was I'd been networking. um, And I knew that digital marketing was taking off. I knew it was a massively in-demand industry. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been talking with various people in the space um, and I was aware that on LinkedIn, and this is still the case, like 70 to 100,000 jobs, sometimes more, are posted for digital marketing positions every single year. Mm. And most of those positions, and that's just in the US, most of those positions are still going unfilled. So there's this Mm. huge gap of talent versus demand in the market for people who know their stuff with digital marketing. Mm. Now, I thought, right, here's here's the avenue. Like, I want to get into this space. Um, Mm. So I started working on all sorts of projects. 
some website development, which I'd done in one of my previous businesses, um, SEO stuff, and a little bit of paid advertising as well. Mm. And it was pretty crucial that I get this right because I had sold all my bottles of whiskey. I didn't have any other revenue, so I needed to make this work. So how I really got started was I thought, right, getting direct clients is something that takes a bit of time. Mm. So I started to partner with a lot of other agencies because I knew there was demand for specific skill sets. And mm. as I started to feel the market out, what I found was, hey, like there's a lot of need for Google Ads specialists. Mm. And it's one of the highest return skill sets out of everything within the digital marketing tree. Um, mm. Google, I chose over Facebook, um, primarily because Google's the gold standard. It's much more direct. Facebook's wonderful, has its place, works great, absolutely. Um, but twice as many advertisers are on Google than there are on Facebook and Instagram, everything on Meta. It's like around 2 million on Meta, 4 million mm. plus on Google. And I thought, right, Google is the gold standard. Let's mm. focus on that. And as I talk to agency owner after agency owner, they're like, oh yeah, like our web developer runs our clients' Google ads. So I said, hey, let me do an audit. And I did audit after audit and they their eyes were opened to how mm. much more return their clients could get from Google ads. And so I started white labeling for a lot of other agencies. And, mm. and um, we don't do that much anymore. We do still have one white label um, account with us at the moment. Um, we mostly work with direct clients now, now that we've mm. got to the stage that we are. Uh, but it was a really good place to get our start. And it also showed us um, where the gaps were in the market. It showed us, right, here are the strengths of pay-per-click advertising, particularly as it pertains to Google Ads. And here are mm. the weaknesses. Here are where people um, are seeing client dissatisfaction when things aren't done mm. well. And so I, we, we've partnered with, I think, nine other agencies in this regard. And mm. it's been a really illuminating experience. <clears throat> and it's how we got our start in the digital marketing space. Wow. wow. Quite the story. Quite the story. I, I love how, you know, in the beginning or just, I mean, just getting started, it sounds like you were willed and just driven and just willing to take risks is what it sounds like, which is amazing to hear. And then like over the years, you know, you mentioned white labeling for others and then partnering mm -hmm. with agencies as well. I'm really curious to know how maybe like what skill you that you've grown into that's kind of helped you pour into what you do today over time that you learned from that experience. Interesting. <clears throat> well, I would say, I would say communication and sales is just key to just about everything in life. Um, if you can't sell, you need to have someone on your team who can sell uh, because you need someone to close the deal at the end of the day, to forge a partnership, to build yeah. something together with other people. And I would say um, part of that is my background in just selling mm -hmm anything and everything under the sun. Uh, one mm. of the previous businesses I worked on was like a secondhand bicycle business. Business, And it's like, hey, like if you can flog things like secondhand bicycles, like you can sell wow. anything. And of course, I just mentioned I sold a lot of bottles of whiskey as well. Yeah. And so, so then it's like just translating that and a lot of that's relationships, just focusing on, hey, who are the key decision makers in the business yeah. that you want to build a partnership with? Um, find a way to like just offer outrageous levels of value to them yeah. and 
if they see that value and there's just a good connection because sometimes like you you just don't get along with everyone so there's no point in forcing it there's always mm-hmm. another deal that's going to come along but mm-hmm. when you do find someone that you get along with and there's great potential for partnership where both parties mm-hmm. can profit and uh, where possible enjoy the process and have a really yeah. good time doing it uh, that's where the magic happens and that's the core of everything uh, we've ever done at what advertising mm. I love that. I love that you mentioned enjoy. I think that's so important in any industry that you're in, really. Would you say that you had any digital marketing experience before you even came to the U.S. at all or just through jobs that you picked up at all? Or is it all just freelancing and you selling in terms of just being an entrepreneur? Oh, great, great question. Uh, so a little. So in the in the business I worked with that was doing the secondhand bicycle sales, um, I managed social media there, um, mm-hmm. very low key. Now, looking back, I realize what a bad job I did there. But but it was something, right? It, it was something. And yeah. um, and one of my first businesses that I co-founded uh, was a business that was in the healthcare niche. Uh, we developed um, we developed websites for medical practices back in school mm-hmm. specifically, and so I got a really good feel of just the the core of, you know, anywhere you send traffic is a website. And so that's the core of everything. So having a really good idea of um, how websites come together, you know, what creates a good user experience, um, that's Mm. really helped me down the line now. Because whenever we're sending traffic to someone's website, you you need it to convert. And for Mm. it to convert, you need it to be good experience. You need to work on things like the customer journey, the funnel. Um, So that's all come into play there. Um, And that did build off of my um, degree, which involved some website development as well. Um, Mm. It's an interesting degree. It was a Bachelor of Engineering joint degree between electronic and electrical engineering and computer information systems. So very complex, overly complex. I wouldn't recommend it necessarily. But I learned how to do hard things in that, like engineering mathematics with like imaginary numbers and all sorts of nonsense. Oh my goodness. Um, but the, the computer science side definitely opened my eyes to some of the online side of things. Um, and I think that was a good foundation for everything I've built since. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That does sound like a great foundation. Could you gauge that you'd get into that you'd enter this space at all? Or were you kind of like, okay, I'll probably just maybe go into my field? Or what was it like, you know, graduating and finding? I I really like that. I really like that question. Um, When I started my degree, I was, I was very young. Um, and so I, I thought it was a really good track and it really is a good track, you know, in the, in the tech space. Um, but I, I became aware probably just over halfway into the degree that it wasn't my passion. It wasn't something that really, um, that really engaged me at a very deep level. I was committed to staying the course. Um, but I, I was working on a podcast towards the end of my degree called successful dropout. And it's all is all about um, people who drop out and then go on to succeed um, in business. And I was a co-host on there. The original host invited me uh, to to work with him on the project, and yeah. that was a really good experience. It opened my eyes to business in a whole new way. I started mm-hmm. going to a lot more entrepreneur 
uh, events um, as I was finishing up my degree. Uh, one that stands out in, in particular is Startup Grind, which is run by Google. Startup mm-hmm. Grind, and it was their Europe event, which at that time was in London. So I think that was 2017. Mm-hmm. And then I was just in a room full of founders. Um, I, I heard uh, one of the brothers who founded Stripe speak on stage. And um, I saw all these people like doing their pitches on stage because yeah. there were lots of investors in the room. And um, the it, the energy was just so vibrant. I could just see, wow, this is where things are built. This is where, this is where commerce really begins when it comes to things being based online. Um, and I really got the entrepreneurship bug at that point. And I thought, right, I'm go- I'll wrap up my degree, but I think I know what I'm really interested in now at this stage. <laughs> I didn't wow. think I'd end up in marketing. I really didn't. Like, it's a bit of a surprise. But with mm-hmm. it, anytime you're in entrepreneurship, you need to think, where are the market opportunities? And the market opportunity, like digital marketing is growing so rapidly. I mean, if you look at the stats on just Google's revenue from ads, Google's revenue from ads is growing between 20 and 25% every single year. That's that's massive growth. It's enormous. Um, And so that's a spot that you want to be in the market. And I don't know how long I'll be in the agency space. I think I want to be in here a few more years. I'm really enjoying it. I love the variety. Uh, But you know, whatever I do, you know, in 10, 20 plus years, you know, I'll have learned marketing and sales, particularly as it pertains to marketing, one of the most valuable skill sets you can have. So mm. that continual learning mindset is so crucial, so important to whatever direction you're going in, in life. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thank you for expanding on that. You know, I love that your journey is I mean, it's just it's unique, yes, of course, but I think it just it just adds a fresh perspective because I think you've been in other other industries and other yeah. experiences, and that's exciting. But I'm curious, like, how do you get your clients inbound, outbound, referrals, ads, social media? What's the process like for you? That's a that's an amazing question, and it's probably our biggest challenge at the moment, which is. I think, ironically, the challenge for a lot of marketing agencies, their own marketing, right? Uh, Like, here we go, we create millions of dollars in value for our clients' businesses. And then we're like, so where's our next deal coming from? (laughs) It happens across the industry. And part of the reason is it's a really competitive industry. Like, as much Mm -hmm. as there is a need in the industry, there is demand. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everyone in the field is a marketing professional. So finding, you know, your angle in there is very challenging. Yeah. So at the moment, most of our business still comes from word of mouth, which is a wonderful testament to the quality of work that we do for our existing clients. So we get a lot of referrals um, and that's where we get most of our business. Uh, We also do some work on LinkedIn as well, just content generation there and um, just Mm -hmm. just having a presence there, a brand there, uh, myself and uh, my lovely wife, Shalane, who is my co-founder. We we're both on LinkedIn quite a lot. And uh, that's where we're focusing a lot of our um, attention on for like, you know, the core of where our content is around what we do uh, to generate inbound leads. Um, And then we're also, interestingly enough, in the market at the moment to to perhaps work with another agency on our own 
marketing because we specialize in Google ads and this is really peculiar, right? So we specialize yeah. in Google ads. We're really good at it. And the team is running really smoothly in operations, delivering great results for our existing clients. But at the same time, Google ads um, is so competitive, particularly when it comes to serve to uh, trying to sell Google ads related services. And mm. so much bigger agencies than where we're at right now, agencies that maybe even have been on the scene before digital marketing, like on the online side of things has come to bear, like mm. they're able to invest that $50, $70 per click on those high, highly relevant Google ad search terms. We can mm. compete with that at the moment with our size. So we're currently trying to explore other options like Facebook and TikTok ads at the moment. But yeah. of course, we understand that often when people run afoul of advertising, they're not experts. So we come in and we clean up a lot of people's Google ads problems. And we don't want to go and try and run Facebook or TikTok ads when that's not our specialty. We respect uh, that people are experts in this. They've dedicated years of making things work and refining what really gets business results. So we're looking to see who would be worthwhile partnering with on our side of things uh, to get more reliable inbound lead flow at the moment. That's one of the biggest things that we're going to be focusing on as we go into 2023. Mm -hmm. um, and then the one other thing that we do as well is our, we, we do a lot of email marketing. So we just stay really on top of our email marketing with our email list at the moment. Um, we're continually testing new offers, seeing what people respond to, um, and it's a really good source um, of of leads for perhaps some of our smaller services. For example, we like our two main services that we offer right now are one done for you Google Ads, but then we also have a Google Ads accelerator, and this is usually for smaller business owners that can't afford our bigger services, um, the done for you side of things, but they do have a small amount of ad budget to play with. So we take more people through like a 15 module training, and then we've got a community, a group coaching, all that sort of thing. And so the email list is a great place to like bring those people in who are maybe not ready to do the full done for you service, but you know, they want to learn it themselves and then also have really good support while they're doing it. So, so that's another angle of our marketing, particularly with that uh, lower tier service. Mm, that's amazing. It sounds like a lot of variety. <laughs> Have you been intentional with just, you know, creating different opportunities to get clients since the beginning compared to now? Has it changed at all? Or has it always been the very few paths? <laughs> uh, good, good question. So I would say probably the biggest, the biggest change uh, that we've been making um, is honing in our customer avatar. And when you're starting out, you need to take a larger variety of clients. Uh, but as we get more specific, uh, we find that the clients that really work out are in two main categories. One of them is in the adventure industry. So people in the outdoor space, um, people who are doing like mountain biking, snow sport, all that sort of thing. And then on the other side, it's like, it's tech, like fast growing segments of tech, such as AR, VR, machine learning, internet of things, that sort of thing. So these are two main buckets that we focus on in terms of our demographic. And as we have focused on that, that's changed our messaging. And we've hit LinkedIn really hard this year, like we invested in a LinkedIn coach um, and we and like we just spend a lot of time 
with our team working on the messaging, working on the graphics, like we're going through a rebrand on LinkedIn right now as well. So that's where we spent a lot of our focus, especially the last year to 18 months. Mm. Um, You know, it's great, uh, but we're also always going to be experimenting with new traffic sources as well. So that sort of ties into uh, what I'd mentioned earlier about perhaps looking to partner with another agency. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I'm glad that you are, you know, just leveraging different opportunities at the end of the day, especially as you're growing. Just to kind of transition, what would you say is your agency's expertise is at this time? So expertise is definitely everything within the Google Ads ecosystem. Uh, So that's lead generation, that's e-commerce within Google Ads. So all of the campaigns that are available there. So Google search, Google display, particularly Google display remarketing, so powerful. Uh, Google shopping campaigns, Google's just come out with their performance max campaigns this year as well. Uh, So we can do really good work uh, with all of those campaign types. And we do a bit of video on the YouTube side of things as well. Um, And then a small additional thing we do is, is Bing ads too, because Bing ads Mm -hmm. is a carbon copy of Google these days because Google's Uh the gold standard. Uh, But the core of what we do, our absolute specialty is everything within the Google ads ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, conversion tracking is one of the number one things that we deal with um, in all of the audits we do for prospects. Number one thing that comes up is problems with conversion tracking. So we're very, very good at dialing in tracking to make sure that when you do spend money as a client on Google Ads, then you're actually able to track the results really accurately. And it's so important to do that now because the AI optimizes based on what conversions have come in. So if that's not set up properly, then you're missing out on market data, which arguably is one of the most valuable aspects of running any sort of ads online. You get that real-time market feedback. So yeah, but the core is the Google Ads ecosystem. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for expanding on that. You know, I'm I'm also curious to know how the Bing ads work. <laughs> Can you expand a little bit more on that or how you're able to help your clients sure. with that? Yeah. So so Bing ads is a really interesting one. You're you're targeting a slightly different demographic when it comes to Bing ads. So Bing ads is like less than 10% of the search engine mm. market. It's it's pretty small. Uh, but what but where the advantage is, well there are two main advantages when it comes to Bing ads. First of all, the cost per click is a lot more affordable. So, and it's te- and and everything related to Bing Ads is keywords focused as well. So, as long as people are searching for the same sort of relevant thing, yeah. you can often make a better return because the cost per click is still very low compared to Google Ads. The other really really big advantage is that it's great for targeting corporate clients because often it will be people who are on their work computer in an office. This is a bit less relevant because of um, because yeah. COVID just exploding people out into remote working. But people will even you know, have their work laptop at home, right? And mm-hmm. often they'll just be using the default browser, which is Microsoft Edge or whatever Microsoft is calling it these days. And the default browser, of course, is Bing. And so mm-hmm. often the people using Bing oh. are the key decision makers who are going to be really, really relevant, particularly in business to business lead generation. So that's one of the best use cases for it. Uh, It's also a really good supplement to, you know, 
a lo local businesses that are running Google ads already. You know, they're hitting their market cap in their area with Google ads and they want to supplement with additional traffic. And um, all right, I thought of a third benefit as well. Third benefit <laughs> is, you know, if you are more of that local business, then your customers with all the money, i.e. the older people who saved up all their lives, like 50 to 60 plus, they usually just have Microsoft Edge as their default browser as well. And so they're a demographic that typically has more wealth. And so that's another advantage of using Bing ads. And that also ties into you getting a better return from Bing ads as well. Mm, that's huge. Wow. Thank you for expanding on that. You of know, My yeah. pleasure. So what would you say you're currently learning or working on right now just to kind of level up your agency at this time? Oh, I like that question. Okay, I'd say one of the biggest things um, that I've been learning is, and this and this is like very much thanks to my co-founder Shalan for just being such a whiz when it comes to systems, um, is continuing to make systems that are increasing the efficiency and the quality of the work that we do for our clients, and even things around onboarding. Um, as well. So systems is a huge part of what we do. Uh, we would not be able to deliver the quality that we deliver to clients without really, really good systems. We use Asana for that. Um, all of our projects um, in Asana like explode out into these really incredible systems. Um, and so that's a big part of what we do. Uh, what we've been developing and refreshing a lot, we've been refreshing a lot of our systems as we continue to grow. Um, and essentially what we also want to do when we're looking at that is, um, you know, organizational structure and how systems fit in within uh, different parts of the business. So, of course, you've got the three main pillars of any business. You've got sales and marketing, then operations, then finance as well. And mm -hmm. so part of what we've been doing there is just continuing our education around the best place for each individual team member to be in that in that ecosystem, in that mm -hmm. organizational structure. And yeah. it seems really simple, but it's amazing how effective being intentional about that can be. For example, we found out that people needed to be in entirely different places of the organization than they were. And it completely revamped how we did team meetings. So, you know, now we have our sales and marketing team meeting, which is just for the sales and marketing of our own business. Then we've got operations, which is, you know, where we focus on everything for our clients. Um, then we've got finance and everything. But I mm -hmm. think it's really important to do, especially when you're in marketing, because yeah. it's so easy to confuse sales and marketing with operations when you're in the marketing space. So that was a huge distinguishing factor for us. It helped us get everyone's roles just completely lined up and focused on the correct goals. Um, and it helped us to elevate existing team members to better positions as well. Once we realize, wow, your skill set actually matches over here way mm -hmm. better. So that's been a really huge part of growth and learning and development for us. And I think it's going to serve us very well going into 2023. Wow. That's amazing. I think that level of just refinement. Sometimes it doesn't sound pretty, but it actually like creates a lot more. I mean, like you said, I would say harmony within, I mean, and just, um, well put. 
Yeah. Yeah, Harmony. I was going to say something, something else, but I really was curious to know about your team. I was like, oh, like, how has it been like building a team? But it's you and your co-founder, your wife. That's amazing to hear. How has it been just working together over the years and learning each other's like, you know, strengths and weaknesses and things like that? That's, that's also a really good story. So we, um, we started working together specifically on this when we officially incorporated um, a couple of years ago, I'd been doing it sort of freelance level for a few months before we formed our S-Corp. And Shalane, my wife, is an amazing entrepreneur. She's run all sorts of other businesses in her own right as well. And she had been working on an amazing project um, locally to us, which was like a, an innovation center um, for sort of a business incubator and the day they were about and and a part of the business model for that was um leasing out office space mm-hmm. and the day the first round of people were due to sign their leases was the first day of covid lockdown and so and so that business just disintegrated completely oh. it was horrible it was it was really gnarly so um Shalan had to spend a few months like wrapping all that up um and and I and I sort of tempted her over to to work on digital marketing. I said, "Hey, look, we can do this from anywhere, right? Like this isn't dependent on physical locations." Yeah. And I know we'd work together really, really well. We knew we would at some point, maybe a bit sooner rather than later. Yeah. And um, eventually, she said, "All right, sure, I'll come and join up." And um, since then, we've been working together, and that's been really fantastic. Um, I think I think it's pretty rare. Um, we have very, very complementary skill sets. Uh, so I'm much more of the visionary, the long-term thinker. Uh, Shalane is uh, very good at systems, operations, like making sure things stay on track. Um, and and I sort of fall under her in some ways in operations because I'm also a Google Ads specialist in the team as well. So it's like, mm. all right, tell me where to go in this and we'll get it done. Uh, so it's really interesting working together, but it works out very very well um in our particular instance yeah that's so good to hear you know i've also had the pleasure of interviewing someone else who had co-workers or co-owners and founders of their agency and they're also together and they just it seemed like they were just like well how i'm like this and he's like this it kind of just be merged together in this beautiful union you know union on all levels and i think that's so good to hear especially as an agency owner because there's a lot of responsibilities that come with that in this space yeah Yeah. the the other advantage is like when we get to the end of a work day we understand exactly how difficult or straightforward the work day has been because we work together as well. So yeah, that's um, funny. it's an added bonus. Um, thankfully, we really like each other's company because we spend mm. a lot of time together working on things. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. <laughs> so what would you we say? We also have, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. We also just have an amazing supporting team as mm. well. Um, and, and this is another really interesting aspect of what we do because we're fully remote. So we have team members in Italy, in the UK, and in Canada Wow! as well. And so it's a very interesting spread, especially when it comes to the time zones. Uh, but wow. it's, we, we found that expanding the options there actually gave us access to a much wider base of talent. And so everyone on the team is an absolute A player. And we've been able to find them 
because, you know, we're not restricted to like someone having to come to a really specific office, you know? So that's really beneficial in just the level of quality the team is at and, yeah. and the quality that we're then able to deliver to our clients as well. Yeah. That's, that's really good to hear. I mean, I think that brings, I mean, like you said, a wider base of talent, just a fresh perspective across all, all lands. <laughs> yes. What would you say you're currently most proud of right now during your journey in as an agency owner or just in life in general? Oh, oh, wow. That's a big question. I I would say, hmm. All right, I'll answer for both. So first of all, the thing that I'm most proud of in business is definitely what I just mentioned, my team. My team are just so amazing. When I show up on team meetings, whatever the team meeting is focused on, I'm just so grateful for the quality of people that I get to spend most of my time with. Mm. They're like a they're like a second family. And culture is so important when it comes to business. And I think we're going through a really big change in that in the world, moving towards, hey, culture is important. It's important that we feel secure in our teams and that other team members have each other's backs. Um, And this really came to mind recently. We had, um, it was like September, October, like one by one, like for some reason, like everyone just got sick within like a week or two of each other. Um, And like almost the whole office was out office virtual office was out at one point in time and um i was just so astounded and amazed at how well whoever was able to be there just picked up the slack for other people even if it wasn't like dead on in line with their official responsibilities and um and and i'm just so grateful for that level of culture for that level of connection that Mm. we have and that's something that whatever team you're working in and whether you're the leader of your business or whether you're someone within the business um, who has a boss, um, you can always embody self-leadership and you can always do this for other people and have each other's back. And there's not enough of that. And if you do have that, you would, you would not believe how much it comes back your way and not just that, how much better life becomes in your day to day. Cause the work you do is such a huge portion of your life as a percentage. The yeah. better you can make that, the better your life is in a very tangible way. So that's what I'm most proud of. And we're very fortunate. And um, we take a long time to hire. And if someone's not a good fit, like in the hiring process, we would actually just rather not hire for that position. And we've done that a couple of times mm. because the culture is so important. People need to be protected within that ecosystem um Mm. and our team actually comes before our client because clients Mm. come and go our team we want to retain for years and work with for years and have strong relationships with for a very long time and you have some clients of course that do last a very long time but there's natural turnover in any business with clients and your team is going to be the the most common factor regardless of how many clients you have and what your average customer lifetime value is so i would say like that focus on the core is just so powerful and definitely one of the things I'm most proud of. And I feel very, very, very lucky. 
Oh, that's so amazing. That just, it sounds like a really, really firm foundation on mm-hmm. your agency's values. And I mean, just mm-hmm. what you prioritize in terms of long-term relationships and connection over the opposite. <laughs> I think that's yes. amazing though. Yeah. On the flip side, thank you for being thorough as well. On the flip side of that question, what would you say is your biggest rock right now to move on your journey to seven figures? Biggest rock right now is definitively lead flow. So just number of fresh leads, booking appointments with me as the key salesperson in the team um, and to close those sales. And, you know, we'll have weeks that are just chock full of them and then we have a bit of a drop off um and then it will just explode again and so what we want is like that reliable like we're we're like five to ten plus leads a week going to be coming from every single week reliably and that's our biggest rock at the moment and when we solve for that um we're just going to really go to the next level. So it's a very exciting project. And we're, as, as I mentioned before, there are a few different angles that we're focusing on yeah. to address that. And as with any marketer, experimentation is key. So yeah. we're experimenting. And um, as Thomas Edison famously said, wow, I found like a thousand ways for this thing to not work. It's amazing how many solutions I found that just are totally useless. And I it's the know. same thing. So it's like you just throw as many solutions as you can at at the problem with the strategy you have, and eventually things will start to pop through. We've had some small things start to pop through in this strategy, and Mm. that will just compound um, over time amazingly. So that's what I'd say to that. Yay. Good question. Great question. Of course, of course. I love that you said experimentation is key. That just sounds like expansions on on the way there. And honestly, I mean, failing quote is is thriving. Failing is learning. So I love how excited you are about moving this rock or really just expanding. (laughs) That's exactly. You know, I am curious to know though. What would you say has been something that's, or what did it take to kind of bring in consistent? revenue within your journey or just to feel secure on some level mm-hmm. while building what did it take uh what it takes <clears throat> i would go back to the point i have on communication there uh what it takes is really investing in relationships and investing in communication because especially when you're earlier on in your journey mm-hmm. each relationship is a lot more what should we say it's a lot more important to get right because you have less of those early on. And then over time, you know, you're more established, you become known, people come to you more. But when you're starting out, people don't know who you are and they, frankly, they don't care. And so getting the relationships right at the start, you need to do a lot more up front. You need to offer a lot more value and you need to be open to negotiation. You can't go in and say, hey, here's what we do and it's this price and like, this is exactly what it is, or, or it's just not going to work. You need to really listen very closely to what their needs are. And I made, I've made, i made really big compromises uh, that I didn't ever think I would make, but what it's led to is surprisingly a lot more revenue. For example, um, one of the agencies that we white-labeled for early on, they said, hey, like it's really valuable to us um, that people on your team operate within our... Um, 
within our project management software. And I thought, man, that's just a lot of work. Like that's just going to be a pain uh, because we've got our own systems and then also doing extra stuff in another business's systems. That might not be worth it. And I said, well, could we do it this other way? And they said, like, really, this is the only deal breaker for us. And I took that seriously and, and I, and I adjusted course and I said, all right, we'll, we'll work out a solution. Yeah. And we did. And that client brought us in over $30,000 in revenue over the next year. Wow. The great so, <laughs> so like be open to being flexible. Like you would, you, you'd have no idea how, how well it could turn out. Um, and so really understanding what you're like, I, like, I don't care what you do. Like, you need to make sure that what you're delivering is something that's actually needed and something that's actually valuable to the client. Because if you figure it out and you're able to meet their needs really well, you absolutely will be rewarded for it. Mm. So that's one of one, one of the big things. Um, and sort of connected to that is investing in client relationships. So, and and this is, this is really uncomfortable sometimes because often you need to um, take a financial risk. And so I did that earlier this year I, because we're a pretty much virtual business. And in the middle of COVID, like right after we'd started, I didn't, I didn't meet any of my clients in person for over a year. It was all virtual, which is very strange. Like, I don't know if the person on the other side of the camera is four feet high or six <laughs> foot four. Like, you just don't know. Yeah. And um is is a very interesting world that we're in now, but nothing beats that human connection. Nothing yeah. does. If you've shaken hands with someone, they're going to respect you a thousand times more. They're going you're going to be um, more difficult to ignore. You're going to become more indispensable. You're connected mm. with them, um, not just in the logical way where you've actually um, like addressed their needs in their business. Technically, you've engaged with them emotionally. You care, and people sense that you're giving from a really good place with high integrity when you actually make that commitment. So in September, I went and I flew all over the U.S. I flew over to Boston, then Chicago. Then I landed back in Yakima, Washington, then drove like three hours out to Spokane, Washington, like the next day. And I said, I just really need to prioritize these client relationships. So I went and I saw all, and these were like the top, um, the top 20 to 30% people like in terms of amount of revenue like they yeah. were they were big fish in our client base so i prioritized them and i went after them and i and i had dinner with them and i talked about the aspects of their life i congratulated them on their recent marriages and like on and i just got to know them i ended up at 10 p.m in boston at sitting next to one of my clients at an improv show that we had no plans of going to and then things just turned out really well and we just and he said hey let's go around the corner and check out this improv show and it's like what beats that not you can't do that over zoom like it's impossible yeah and it costs and it i I say costs it's not true it it we invested a good portion of resources to make that happen but i imagine that the return on the lifetime value of that customer um in terms of monetary sense i'd say more importantly the debts and uh, and heartfeltness of the relationships to where you're building a business that like you can connect with at a really deep level and enjoy thoroughly. 
Um, yeah. I, those returns are, you, I mean, you can't put a price on those uh, latter ones at all. Like it's just so valuable. Mm-hmm. So investing in those relationships is so worthwhile. Even if you don't see a return right away in the first time, time or two you do this, because I've done this in a number of different ways. Like yeah. Even if you don't see the return right away, you should still do it because it will eventually bring back what you've the effort you put in because you'll get better at it as well you know like you, you'll get better at just connecting more naturally instead of thinking they're my client i don't want to say the wrong thing like what <laughs> all, all this nonsense that goes around in your mind know. it becomes more natural as you like engage in the relationships and you know the response are just so good people are like wow like texting me afterwards like wow it's so cool that you came out and saw me in person at, at this point in our relationship and like i really respect you for that It's like, what? Like your client saying like, I respect you because of this thing that you did separate Mm. to the results that you get them. That's amazing. Mm. Like you can do that. It's really, really powerful. So I'd say that is a key factor for sure. Mm. I think that's huge. I mean, that was just, that just was, that was a lot of wisdom. So thank you for being very thorough. And, you know, I think any, yeah, I think any type of aligned connection is truly priceless. So I think that's just so important that you emphasize emphasize the value on that. And I think personally, I can say the times where I was flexible, you know, with potential clients are the times that it ended up pouring way back more into me without me thinking like the price and fixed on what something mm. was. The yep. times I was flex- flexible or the times that actually poured back into me even more than I thought. So I can attest to that as well. So thank you for sharing your wisdom. I Absolutely. do want to, yeah, I do want to transition to some ending questions. Do you have any favorite agency scaling influencers or just authors in general that have inspired you or molded you along your journey at all? Love this question. Uh, the number one person that comes to mind, um, and this is probably because I'm so involved in the Google ads side of things. Number one person is is, Perry Marshall. Perry Marshall is his real name. Uh, Perry Marshall um, co-wrote the book on Google ads, the ultimate guide to Google ads. Um, I promise I'm not being sponsored to say that, Uh, but his stuff has just been so beneficial uh, to to my learning journey with Google ads. Um, And that I'd say one of the most powerful things about what he talks about and teaches is it's based on very, um, very solid marketing principles, not mm. just the surface level, right? We're paying for some ads to show up online to hopefully get some results. Actually talks a lot about, all right, what, what makes people take action? And, and he goes into psychology a great deal. He's an excellent copywriter. Like we've invested in um, some of his copywriting trainings um, to improve our ads for our clients. Um, and he, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge and um, his, his online trainings are, are also very, very good. And uh, he's also a massive advocate of the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle. And he really uh, illuminated to me the how to apply that very well within Google ads, uh, because with the internet, well, first of all, in case any of your listeners aren't super familiar with it, um, a very basic way of putting it is 80% of the results come from 20% of the effort. And that's true in absolutely every area of your life. Now, when it comes to doing things online, it's exaggerated because things are so fast, so rapid paced. Often that splits up even more into like 95.5. So for example, 
in your Google Ads campaign, there's probably one keyword that gets 95% of the results, even if you're running like seven or eight campaigns. Mm. It, it, it happens so often. And so like if you if you or any of your listeners are running any Google Ads for yourself or your clients, just have a look. Like, so, like go into your reports in Google Ads and like sort by keywords and see, all right, what's the top keyword? And sort, sort it by conversions and see like, all right, What's the highest impact keyword? And it's like the split mm. is so massive. And that's where you can optimize for um, for better returns uh, because you mm. can see, all right, like, sure, we're getting some results from these other ones, but like we can probably redivert a lot of the budget into like the cornerstones of the account. So, so Perry Marshall um, was great for showing me all of that. Also just good industry practice uh, when it comes to to Google ads. Um, another couple of people. Oh, actually, yeah. Um, his book, 8020 Sales and Marketing, I think is a must read for any advertiser um, or, or anyone in any area of sales and marketing. Really, really powerful stuff. It will mm -hmm. multiply your results and the results of your clients <clears throat> like crazy by helping you focus on the highest impact areas um, that you can focus on. Um, all right, so Perry Marshall's one. Um, I'm really enjoying Seth Godin's little book, This Is Marketing, mm. um, really around building a culture around the service or product, uh, either for yourself or your clients' businesses. Um, and Seth Godin is very intelligent when it comes to psychology and um, what makes people um, take action or not, or, you know, become involved in a community or not. Uh, and... <clears throat> So his stuff's really, really good as well. Um, let's see who else. There are so many great marketing <laughs> geniuses out there. I'll give I'll give two more and then I'll and then and then I'll leave it there. So another person that's really good is Mike Rhodes, um, particularly for Google Shopping, e-commerce side of things. He's over in Australia, and um, and he's had some really good train trainings around Google ads as well that I've enjoyed over the last few years. Um, so you can check his stuff out. <clears throat> uh, Mike Rhodes, it's R-H-O-D-E-S. Um, and then anyone who's listening who's really at the start of their journey, someone who I'd recommend is Seth Himes from In Demand Career. <clears throat> uh, he's He's got a really good course around helping you find your first gigs in digital marketing. He covers all the bases like Google Ads, SEO, um, WordPress development, like just gives you like the full lowdown. And then it's like, boom, you're off to the races with that core basic understanding of how everything works. And that's one of the first um, <clears throat> memberships I signed up to. Um, and that's been very, very impactful. I actually interviewed Seth on a previous podcast I worked on. Um, he's, a, he's a really great guy, and he's helped people really move into the digital marketing space in a really powerful way. So mm. um, for anyone who's start, just starting to explore, he'd be a good person to have on your radar. Yay. Wow. Thank you so much for these gems. I'm really certain that listeners will appreciate it. You know, do you have any last advice for agency owners, agency owners or your peers listening to this as well? <clears throat> That's an excellent question. <laughs> I 
All right. I would say this might be an obvious one. Don't get shiny object syndrome. There are there are thousands and thousands and thousands of ways that you can take on digital marketing in today's world. And there's always the next opportunity. There's always the next platform that's offering the cheapest, most experimental traffic that you might want to just jump on that bandwagon. Um, and that's a surefire way of having too much variety and splitting your focus um, in a great way. Um, so don't don't focus on too much and try and stay very focused on what you want to accomplish in your business first before you take care of clients. Now, it might seem counterintuitive, uh, but you cannot, you know, you can't give from an empty cup of energy. So if you're just like constantly running around after clients and you're just exhausted at the end of every week, the the results that you get for your clients are just going to deteriorate. Uh, you need to have some bandwidth. You need to have some space um, in your schedule to think, to strategize. Um, so journaling is very, very good for that. Studying is very good for that. Continue to level up and continually grow and learn uh, because, because, because that's where you distance yourself from your competitors. Um, you continue to develop yourself and develop your core team. And that's extremely powerful. And, and that requires focus. Um, that requires letting go of just about everything. So one thing that I like to say to myself is that I prioritize like a really small number of high impact activities and I let go of the rest because most things don't matter. Most things are nitpicking. Most things are really small. And if you focus too much on the huge breadth of things you could focus on, um, you're going to be in the same place a year from now than you are today. And so it's really uncomfortable. And, and I've got a couple of tricks for that. One trick is, um, when you plan your week or your day, replan it again, like, and, and ask yourself, like, what really isn't important in here? What can I let go of? Um, it's also good to like get a peer's feedback on how you're planning your time and say, Hey, like, I think these things are important, but I'm probably wrong. Can you help me prioritize this? Um, and, and that could go a really long way as well. Yeah. Um, outsource really low value tasks that you could pay someone five or like 10, $20 an hour for. Um, you are able to do so much more with your time. Um, if you focus on like the core strategy, the big picture stuff, um, let's yeah. see what else. Oh, another trick is I clear my desktop every week. So every week I throw all of my desktop files into a folder, um, called desktop files and I just put today's date in a folder and I throw everything in there and it's always there and I've only got about maybe 20 25 to 30 of those files from this year for example and I almost never go back in there now and then I do but if I do I'm like oh yeah like there's this thing on my desktop from like August I'll be able to find it in three minutes but it keeps your mind clear because then when mm -hmm. you just put up your laptop or your PC, or your Mac, whatever you're using, you don't get pulled in a thousand different directions. You you look at your to-do list, which you should probably write down on paper. Uh, better to use paper than technology, because with technology, you can, you can add thousands and thousands of to-dos. Um, you look at paper and you're like, hey, right, here's the thing I, I'm about to accomplish, and yeah. I'm just going to focus on that. Don't touch emails at all. Like, get someone else to help you manage your inbox and tell you what emails are important. Um, 
and just use your technology wisely. Otherwise, it will control you. Like it yeah. will if you if you don't exercise discipline over it. So there's that. Um, and then one thing I'd say to my peers is, <clears throat> I think values are lacking in digital marketing in some ways, unfortunately. And because it's really easy to sell something online or promise the world. And so um, offering guarantees is a really good way to help you and your team and um, and your clients as well all stay accountable to the vision that everyone's working on. Um, it's good to be familiar with what your company values are yeah. and to refresh yourself on them often. And when you're making core decisions, even if it's uncomfortable and even if it costs you money in the short run, stick with them um, yeah. and it will pay you dividends. So values mm. are classic they're traditional they're boring at times but uh if you want to be in business in 10 or 20 years you better have them and you better stick to them mm. that's so important wow i'm so glad that you named a few normally when i ask this questions only one is named or something but yeah you've been very thorough and i really appreciate that and i'm certain listeners will as well how can people get in contact with you Best way to get in contact with me is LinkedIn these days at the moment. Um, so you can just jump over to my LinkedIn. I'm the only Samuel Watt that is in advertising on there. Um, I'm about to do a rebrand, so I won't tell you what it all looks like because it's all about to change. Uh, but you'll be able to find me if you just look up my name on there. Um, so that, that's, a, that's the best way. Just connect with me. Drop me a DM. Um, and that, that's the best way for me to get back in touch with you if you have any questions. Yay. Thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. And yeah, I hope you have a good rest of your day and happy holidays. <laughs> thank you very much. You've asked some great questions, Distine. So thank you very much and happy holidays to you as well. Thank you.